0: To welcome to wfm radio this is in between pieces brought to you by writings from michael where i discuss entrepreneurship from the lens of an artist and business mindset this conversation is made with love and joy for your mission your purpose your calling and your journey welcome with love peace So we are back, and I am Michael G. Simpson, your host. This is In Between Pieces from WFM Radio. Much love. This is the new month of May. Now, may everyone's blessings just expound so broadly and just beautifully and bodaciously. And may this month be the month that that opportunity comes and makes your whole entire environment fertile and just, just blossom. So much love for listening. But... I just want to just bring it into this conversation, man, just to continue going to understand this. this is a journey. It's a process. So I'm glad you gravitated toward this conversation. And I want to bring up this next topic. And I won't go too crazy on the time, but shout out to Rachel, man, a client who, you know, purchased and supported the WFM Steve Harvey collaboration. And she had a very dope question that she asked a couple days ago or a few days ago now. And the question goes, how did you start out question mark like what made you decide to do this style of art? How long did it take to get your idea off the ground and profitable and I love this because it made me really recollect back to how far I've come personally and to how far I'm continuing to go right and it makes me think about other artists too and other creatives and other uh, entrepreneurs that. Everyone has a journey, and they have a beautiful journey, man. Everybody has a beautiful story that they should be telling, man, because we don't just get to somewhere overnight, right? It takes the process, the journey, and just the the endless not stopping, man, right? The, the day you stop is the day you quit, pretty much, right? And I had to think about it, man. How did I start out, man? And I started out WFM, and I told this story before, man, you know, Went to high school, all boys high school in Metutcheon, New Jersey. Played basketball. I thought I'd be playing ball in college and, you know, hopefully when they get to the NBA, right? Those are the big wild pipe dreams. But, you know, I say all boys, all predominantly, predominantly all white school. And this was out of my comfort zone in high school and still to this day jumping out of my comfort zone. Shout out to Seek this comfort I have on my shirt right now. But I guess to say that, man, I've really been jumping out of my comfort zone every season to blossom, right? And, you know, I went to college in Patient University in New York. You know, it's the only school in New York that I got accepted to. I think so, right? Well, yeah, I didn't get accepted to NYU. I think I applied to, yeah, Patient University, the only school I got to New York. We'll leave it at that on record, right? And my second year in, I understood that this course of success, right, because honestly we choose these routes cuz they're safe right we choose these routes because it's what's told to us uh from our parents or from our the guidance we have at that time and we choose the safe routes we choose the routes that make sense right but i chose uh the route or the road less traveled per se right i i dropped out of college my sophomore year and as that was deemed upon at that time right i had to been like 2019 or yeah I think around that that age and it was just crazy. Like, why would you do this? But there was something in my heart that felt different, right? So as I continue, man, I moved to Georgia from that time, from New York. Georgia was the only place of stability which was allowed, or which I had uh, allowed in my life at the time. My mom lived in Georgia, so I moved to Georgia, man. I started working for Taco Mac, working for LA Fitness, and I finally got a job at Apple, and then once I worked at Apple, I finally felt some structure, some confidence and an environment which I could actually grow into, and then from Apple in Georgia, I transferred my job to Third Tree Promenade in California, and I chose California because it was so similar but also so different from New York, from which I was went to school and lived in New York for a little bit, and it was the only city other than New York and uh, Jersey, and obviously living in Georgia—that's kind of ATL a little bit, right? Which was just something new, right? Something out of that comfort zone. So, me moving to California was something new. Um, it was a lot of opportunity just within the job I was working at at the time, and I really wanted to broaden my creative aspect and my creative lens. So, California was just a beautiful place. Um, that I had on my mind and just the sights and i I love it here, man it's a beautiful, beautiful state, beautiful state, and while you know transferring you know I'd always been writing right, even from the time in college, right I was recording music, and I was using my MacBook at the time to make all these dope songs and beats and little skits here and there. And I always was writing. Writing was the catalyst that brought me through this whole entire time. Even through high school, had been writing, whether it was small designs, whether it was just little ins and outs. Writing was the catalyst. Writing was that one, excuse me, that one component that brought me through each season. So getting to California, man, working at Apple full time, right? You know, I'm noticing something. I'm not fulfilled Within my work vocation, right? And that's important. Because we do look at work as, as a means to an end, right? Doesn't support to pay our bills and doesn't support our lifestyle to have some fun because no one just wants to work all day. People like I feel like the root of people, man, we like to enjoy things and we like to enjoy the fruits of our labor, right? Would you would you agree, right? We like to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And I was not being fulfilled in that sense for my vocation working at Apple Retail. Though it was dope, I I met some very important, special people while working there. So I think we make it a stepping stone, and I made this a stepping stone within my career and life, right, to kind of just get to the next step. And a big idea hit me, right? While I was writing and all this other stuff, I had fell into this notion of maybe I can paint this, right? So I literally went to the store and I believe I went to Michael's, right? I brought four canvases, four canvases, right? I made four paintings, right? I just painted each canvas. I think one was yellow, one was brown, one was green, and one was like a a pink reddish. And each of them had different sayings. I've always been hip to words, right? I mean, it's writings from Michael, so I, I I love words, man. I love words. I love how words come together. Um, I love how words can empower people. I love how words can really you speak life into life. I'm I'm really big on our verbiage and language, how we're speaking to not other people, but how we speak to ourselves is how we speak to other people as well, right? Right. So you get all that context. And I wrote four little quotes on these canvases. I went around my breaks, right? Whether it was a hour break I had usually whether after work in Santa Monica Now, Santa Monica uh, in California is a very uh it's, it's filled with a lot of tourism, right? It's filled with people. A lot of people visit Santa Monica on vacation. So I was always around different people constantly every day, man. I mean, that store brings in a lot of people and and I'm pretty sure it still does to this day, right? So I would go on my breaks and I did this thing called the Polaroid and Poetry Project I called it, right? At this point I had a Tumblr page um I think it was i, I didn 't really use writings from Michael at that point, but I was using a Tumblr page for writings photography. I forgot yeah, what, what, I forgot what I used but doesn 't the name isn 't semantics, but I had a photography page and it was a Tumblr page which I put little quotes, notes, I put my recipes on there, I did photography on there and trying to make a business out of this kind of like very broad niche product didn 't really work, but the polar rhythm poetry. Did work, right? What I did was I took those four canvases, right? One canvas was about vision. One canvas was about your spirit. One canvas was about love. And one canvas was about just self, like breathe through the lungs. And I went around to different people. Hey, can you stop? Um, I want to take a picture with my Polaroid camera, right? I took a snapshot of you and just pose with it, with the actual piece you pick. Whatever piece you pick of these four canvases, whatever resonates the most with you and your heart and your spirit Please take a photo of it and write a poem on the back of the Polaroid. So I was doing this constantly. like, And I named it the Polaroid and Poetry Project. Now, this really is the beginning of WFM because it really made me see how we're all interconnected. Now, though there are so many hyper complex issues between different races, uh, different genders, which we're still trying to get um, to a solution based thing here. There's a lot of connection, right? There's a lot of connectivity within people. And that's why I believe people, this is the truth the core of me, right? We have the answers within us. So we have so many questions. The answers are within the connectivity. So this project, man, something so simple just going to random people, one, it brought my confidence up to be able to talk to anybody, man. I was really walking up to anybody and just asking them, hey, look, um, I'm on my breaks here. I have four canvases. And I just want to know, would you be able to be part of this? I can take a, po- uh, a picture of you. You write a poem on the back of this picture. And let me just show you briefly. Got my Polaroids right here from my Polaroid camera. And people pose, man. Like, this was literally the Polaroid and Poetry Project. That's a picture of all canvases, right? Can you see that? Now, I have a whole bunch of Polaroids. All Polaroids of people with these canvases. And... This was a beautiful project, man. I, though I did not get paid for this project, I did not get a single dime. I actually spent my own money to buy the Polaroids, which are pretty costly, man. Urban Outfitters be taxing them, taxing that man. So, uh, but nonetheless, it was fulfilling, and I was finding fulfillment within working at Apple, and that was the dope thing about having a job that was able to provide me the income in order to buy this stuff, right? So though. I wasn't on my own and had my own business at this point. I had the sight and the vision just to see, okay, we're on to something here. I I, I think I'm on to something, right? The the writing and and and, poem, and 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 painting, sorry, painting became very therapeutic, man. It became so natural. Like, I should have been painting as a child. And, yes, I've taken a painting class, I believe, I think in fifth or fourth grade, Miss Muckle Miss Muckleson or Miss Muckleman, right? Miss Muckelman, yeah. Miss Muckelman. Miss Muckleman, Ms. Muckleman is my was my art teacher, I believe in fifth or fourth grade. But this abstract way of thought did not get introduced to me until we see, you know, more prolific artists, right? Shout out to G. Michelle Basquiat, shout out to Keith Haring, you know, to Pablo Picasso. I mean, these are very few names that really stick out. And able to flourish years before me, right? And you kind of see what you can make out of just art. It doesn't have to be so structural. Doesn't have to be so cookie cutter and thing. You know, I didn't go to art school. I actually, could, I couldn't even afford art school. But I moved to Atlanta, right? From or when I moved to Georgia, from dropping out of college in New York. You know, I tried to get back into school, right? I tried to say maybe, maybe I should be in art school. I think I think I should be, right? I think I should be in art school and maybe try to find the business of art. And shit it was like forty grand, fifty grand. I'm like, man, this is not happening. That's not happening. Like, I can't go back into debt before I just got. I'm still in debt, so to take on more debt would have been crazy. So, to to, to get that context, man, it's like the structural path for me was the road less traveled, right? It was the unorthodox, the unconventional. And this Polaroid and Poetry Project gave me the confidence to know that, yes, things and words connect through all people. And one, it gave me the confidence to begin painting. So after I did that project, I started writing my poems down into my MacBook, right? I put these poems together and I'm posting them on my Instagram page. At this point, I still have my page, I think, under Take Flight Mike. That's what I was going under as before. I was rapping and stuff and put other business ventures in place, but didn't really jump off, man. You know, like a few business ventures, it didn't really click. And it's that 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 purpose wasn't there, though. The efforts wasn't there. That's why we almost, kids can't make a business Yes, with just an idea you can, but do you feel it? Does it vibrate your soul, man, right? Can you speak figuratively about that passion and vision without, you know, looking to a paper or something like that, right? It has to be in your soul, man. That's that's where I was missing before. And with this, it just clicked. So I started posting these poems on my page, man, just poems. I wasn't even posting me as a person. I kind of went, you know, anonymous almost, right? Just like the poem dash michael right and then i started man i don't want to be known as just like a someone just posting poems i think my manager said something at the time i forgot his name man honestly but it kind of triggered me and he put it like you know i forgot the term he said but almost like i was shy to uh perform these poems and i'm like that's not that's not the case. I want to be a writer. That's. I want to be a writer. I'm writing. I want to be known as a prolific writer. And that that was my, my thing. So I said, man, let me take that energy. Don't put it towards no one. Let's create something. So I was putting together a book. Right. I wanted to put together a poetry book. I worked on this book day in, day out through my breaks, my hour breaks, after work, before work, at night, and just put together this book, you know, at this point, you know, shout out to my, my, my beautiful, lovely wife, Ebony. We're, we're, we're kind of getting to the thick of things, of getting back, back together of, 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 of talking, right? We're getting together here and, you know, it inspired me a lot so much that um, my topic was love. The Intense Pulse was it's titled Intense Pulse. I put together a poetry book while working at Apple. And I'm very proud of this, man, because it really set off what WFM was. And I published that book in school. Shout out to Sean Nana, man. Sean Nana, great, very great photographer, man. He actually took the author photo in this book, right? Shout out to Sean Nana. And, you know, I was putting together this all all an Apple, man. And I just felt so accomplished one. And I'm still working, but I didn't feel fulfilled. And so what I started doing was... I'm like, this can't be just the end-all, be-all, me writing a book, and that's it. I, I have this itch to create. Why can't I bring my creations that I've been designing in high school, you know, all throughout my life and manifest them? So I started to bring those writings onto other pieces. Now, as this is going on, California has a heavy industry of vintage wear right if you come to LA or California you understand that flea markets are a big thing here Um, just thrifting is a big thing here now it's it's big anywhere else right New York Minnesota you know Georgia has its own thrift uh, culture but California is special man and anybody can tell you California has a very special culture of thrifting and vintage wear As I was getting to that, I was understanding this vintage wear system and this whole culture that I started to thrift denim jackets. And what I did was I started to put pieces together, like literally worn pieces of denim as the book. So I had a piece called Intense Pulse, the same title as my poetry book, and made an Intense Pulse poetry jacket. So you wouldn't just get the poetry book, but you would get a piece that was a one-of-one one, like a book. You follow what I'm saying here? So it was just this tied union of clothing, sustainability, but message, and you could be empowered by what you're wearing. And clicked. It literally is like finding fire. You're lighting that match for the first time. Oof. And I just fell in love with this idea. Boom. And I started going to the flea market, right, for shopping. One shout out to my man Jake Robbins who introduced me to the Mel's Trading Post, man, right. And you know, once I'm going, I'm like, man, maybe I can sell my pieces. You know, hold on, wife calling me just briefly, but we're gonna finish our we're gonna finish our thoughts. You know, I'm like, maybe I can sell my pieces here on the side of working for Apple. Find some other vocation. Now, let's take you back. Just a quick interjection. Shout out to my pops, man. It has a restaurant in North New Jersey, Just Fish. And, you know, my pops has shown me a lot of entrepreneurship as a kid, man. You know what I mean? Though I haven't seen my mother and pops together, me going my pops every other weekend and just seeing the entrepreneurship from a lens of being a kid, I always knew I wanted to have my own business. And... That's why sometimes the smallest things as a kid do such the biggest vision because you can see it. You don't know how to get it, but you see it. The vision is very important. So going back outside, um, you know, to say all that, my dad used to do uh, festivals, man. Festivals, you know, people going out. It's almost like not a flea market, but festivals or people are out. It's carnival. You know, you're setting up shop. My dad set up shop every other time, man. Howard Homecoming, Delaware State Homecoming, Hampton Homecoming, Bronzeville uh, 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 Parade, Harlem Day Parade, uh, Jamaican Day Festival, Band Festival, man, all these festivals. I was there, man, doing working, man, just work, putting the work in. So me doing these flea markets now or the time uh 2016, 17, it really wasn't no different. It felt like muscle memory again. So I kind of went to that thing. I set up shop, and I have a picture which I'm gonna post in here, which is like almost the first time I was at the post. Man, you can see literally the edginess of my art one, and where I was, and I began to make this trading post something that was in my DNA. Every Sunday, I went consistently and just built my brand up, brand up from the ground up, and. Every week I went and just got better and better and cultivated in the audience, and I finally put together writings from Michael, and I started making pieces that really resembled intense postal poetry book and branched off into other pieces that just brought empowerment to people's lives and enlightenment and inspiration to people's lives. So that's how I started WFM and stayed consistent along the process and made sure that continue to go day by day um in short that's how WFM was started you know and it took me about two years into it to really I guess be profitable you know what I mean because you're making money but sometimes you're spending a lot of money and that's what I was doing I was spending so much because at this point I didn't have no Weighing to get vintage clothes at a costly price. I was going into places like Wasteland, right? Shout out to Wasteland, man. They uh, do thrifted pieces, but upscale thrift. Going to Wasteland, buying a denim jacket for like 60, 70 bucks, then trying to resell it. Sometimes I would barely break even. Barely break even. And at the same time, this studio here, which I was now just a workspace studio, you know, I was living in this when I first moved to California, like eviction notices on the door and trying to just make it, but no matter what, and whether you're not spiritual, God never made me suffocate, you know, I mean, I never, never faltered, so just by continuing to have faith, there were projects, or there would be, you know, shout out to the beautiful clients that really invested into me, because we can't do it by yourself, there's people who invest into you where they're buying a piece from you. It does wonders, man, you know, and I guess we'll stop at the point where what really made me know I was on the right track is when I met Angela Arts, you know, shout out to Angela, shout out to young Ange, and, you know, that day I met her at the Trading Post, Angela Arts is the old CEO of Burberry, she was the CNVP at Apple at the time, beautiful soul, and, you know, her, her, her daughter was looking through my clothes at the time on a Sunday and, you know, she fell in love with what I was doing at that time. And it's very serendipitous because I just quit my job at Apple a month prior to meeting Angela. You know, long story short, Angela put me together with Am to deliver him a jacket, Where's the Love, kind of like a remix, and deliver a jacket to his studio. And she put me in position to win. That's what I would say, man. She put me in a position to win. A beautiful moment, and it really felt serendipitous because I worked at Apple one. I had been seeing her prior to that, and this is the moment where it's like it clicks. And many other moments happen like that along the way, but this is very pivotal because it's it's when you you're down, man. Sometimes when you're down and you're downing out, and it's like, man, one of the things going, and boom, stay committed, stay down. And stay consistent, stay persistent, man. That relentless journey I'll never forget. It truly it, it, it makes me almost tender inside, man, because it's it anyone listening, don't stop the journey. If it if it really clicks within your purpose and your mind, you, you can't quit. The only, the only way you're going to find those magical results is if you truly 150% believe in what you're doing. I truly believed in what I was doing. I believe in it now. I believe there's so much magic to occur for the future, for the now. I just want this conversation or these conversations to be light for someone else understanding that our journeys need patience. So long story short, that's how I started Rachel. Um, And within those years, each year became more profitable by just staying consistent and i saw the increase as the years went by um from that on you know i started to work with side project with shoe palace with nike with nice kick shout out to yes theory you know and met a whole bunch of other special people in this world man that really gave wfm a light and i won't go too deep because we have a lot of episodes to cover but that's how i started that's how i got my idea off the ground And I hope this conversation brings so much love and light, man. I really do. But believe in what you're doing, man. I believe in this conversation is going to touch someone. And I believe that what you're doing makes sense. But the only way it'll make sense is if you stay consistent and stay down. So until next time, y'all, this is In Between Pieces, WFN Radio. Peace, y'all. Much love. And you just listen to WFM Radio in between pieces. Please like, subscribe, download, and spread this conversation with love and joy. Keep going on your mission, your purpose, your calling, and your journey. Much love, peace.